0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of I Saw the Beatles. Well, today we're going to have a guest. Uh, who actually managed to see the rehearsal for the uh, Beatles at the Ed Sullivan, sh- when they were on the Ed Sullivan Show in August 1965. Um, I was absolutely amazed when I saw this this book on uh, Amazon. It was an Amazon suggestion. She's written a book. It's called My Private Lennon, Explorations from a Fan Who Never Screamed. Her name is Sibby O'Sullivan. And um, I, I'm really anxious to talk to her and, and about her story. Hi, Sibby. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so let's get right into it. So you were 15 when you.
0: I was 15 when the Beatles came on the scene. When I saw them in at Sullivan's Studio on August 14th, 1965, I was
1: 16. So okay. I'm growing up with them. Right. And you're from the you're from the Washington DC area, right? That's correct, right. Yeah, my, and go ahead. My my girlfriend Betty, uh,
0: best high school girlfriend everybody knows the importance of those friendships. Her father worked for the FCC. And so he was able to get us tickets. To see the Beatles in rehearsal, the the two thirty p uh two, yeah two thirty p.m. rehearsal on that Saturday, and he drove us up, and we were in, and there they were, and it was wonderful.
1: Oh, I think I think you're the you're going to be the envy of everybody who hears this show, um, because were, were there screaming girls at this show? Yes, there were. Um, There were the the
0: studio itself was small. There was only I I think I read that it was uh, had a capacity of 712. So when you Mm -hmm. think about it, that's really a nice number uh, to see a a stage production. And Mm -hmm. there were screaming girls. There were lots of parents as well. And I'm wondering whether the um, condition of, of parents sort of uh tamped down the, the screaming it, it wasn't a hysterical moment like you see the films of the first ed sullivan show or films from their performances in england but it was still pretty noisy but you could hear the band for sure and paul debuted yesterday at that time and of course he was a uh, just himself with his guitar. And things were quiet when he was singing, but then everybody exploded after the singing. I never screamed. Uh, I, I wanted to always, always hear them and kind of keep them... Mine in my own head, mm-hmm. and the screaming often interfered with that. I remember going to see the Betty and I again got up early in the morning, took our supplies, went down to the big theater in d c to to the opening of hard day's night, and we could stay there all day. Nobody cleared out the theater, and it was a very big theater, and it was full of young people, and they were all screaming. And it was very hard to follow the dialogue of the movie. But because we stayed <laughs> there all day, we knew the plot. <laughs> we mm-hmm. knew what was coming well, up. And so we could pay closer attention. And perhaps as the day went on, exhaustion you know, set in to some of the other girls. They were screaming and watching the movie over and over again. But the screaming was there, and there was an excitement to it. But I did not participate because I, I just – wanted to hear their music why scream when you could ooze right. you know <laughs> right
1: um what's interesting is is um you know i i still turn on the uh the subtitles when i when i watch their movies because for the life of me i can't understand john <laughs> I, I i i can't understand his i'm terrible with any kind of accent but a liver accent just you know and and he, I think his was, was the worst of the bunch. Uh so I still turn on subtitles when I watch their movies, so I can't imagine having to sit there and figure out what in the world they were saying. I, I would've been I would have been lost on that one. That's so
0: funny because um the movie was such a hit and it's such a delightful movie that uh certain um Phrases from it, certain sentences sort of did the rounds. So, like, we we were still in high school, and I remember Mm -hmm. my friend saying, "Well, I have to get my bloomin' book out of my locker." because Bloomin' Book was, you know, how Ringo called a blooming Book, and Bloomin' Book was, you know, a Liverpudlian thing. Or, um, oh, I forget some of the other ones that John uh, John said. But, yeah, the accents, I fell in love with the voices. I fell in love with the accents. I think George was the hardest to understand, um, but that, that just might be me. Paul, of course, his mother trained him to speak a little more posh, and so his accent is not quite as um, guttural if you will as the others but all of their voices i think are fantastic
1: yeah okay so so let's go back to the ed sullivan theater and you had talked about how small it was and just for reference if anybody saw the used to watch the david letterman show it's the same theater um which i've been in i saw the i I was, you know, at a taping of the Letterman show. So I got an idea of of what size, you know, how big that theater actually was. Um, But, you know, certain people remember certain things. And some of the questions I like to ask are things like, you know, so, you know, do you remember what you wore that day? Yes, yes.
0: Here, here. basically, this is my I saw the Beatles live on Ed Sullivan's stage story. I did indeed see them live. I even took a photograph with my brand-new Instamatic camera of John, and I have only that what? photograph. Yeah, because you weren't allowed to take photos, and I was afraid that my camera would get um, confiscated. I wasn't okay. the only one. Flashbulbs were going off. Throughout, but not anything like you know constantly. But you now, know, did they I, you, I
1: certainly did. They tell mm-hmm. the girls to stop screaming. I have to ask that. It was a did rehearsal. They, yeah, they were they were still screaming at the rehearsal. But but, it, but like did I they said, ask it, them to stop? I mean, it was a rehearsal, and I was wondering if they were just trying to you know
0: please stop no, screaming. or
1: trying to get things I done. I don't here. have
0: any recollection of 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 that how it went. I do know what I was wearing. I believe I was wearing a green dress. And I wore glasses. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what Betty was wearing. And we stood in line outside, like in the lobby,
1: and we had <laughs> our
0: tickets. And, I, I, you know, I must have been excited. I'd never been to New York City before. Obviously, I was seen the Beatles. I was, you know, a teenage girl. Um, I don't remember my bodily excitement but but clearly i was and so we're Mm -hmm. we're waiting in line outside and then there's just an usher just like at the old time movie theaters you know when you have to give the ticket and i kept Mm -hmm. my my ticket stub um and then we had seated numbers i think that i was betty and i were in the 12th row up it's sort of a concave um studio uh, Mm set up and I walked in, and this I do remember, but it's so strange. I have, as an adult, begun to doubt it, but I don't want to doubt it. I came in, and there was a a piano, you know, an electric piano on the stage, Mm -hmm. and a man was sitting at the piano, and he wore headphones. Leaning over that man was a man in a white shirt, and they were conversing. And as I was seating, moving toward my seat, I saw this, and I thought, and I looked, and I said, oh, my God, that's John Lennon, leaning over, talking to the man sitting at the piano with headphones. And then he seemed to be oblivious to the audience, and I'm assuming he walked away. Again, I don't have a minute-by-minute or second-by-second recollection Mm -hmm. that he walked away, but I thought, I've Mm -hmm. just seen John Lennon. He had his sleeves rolled up. Now, I have kept that memory, and it wasn't until I started to write my book and do some research that I found out that for this particular show, this last time that they appeared live on the Ed Sullivan show on his stage that they had some sound problems okay so i think that the issue was is that they were performing more intricate songs perhaps than than earlier performances they performed ticket to ride mm-hmm. they performed help obviously paul debuted yesterday and according to the beatle bible which is a good source for all information about oh, beatles yeah. mm-hmm. there was a sound issue and that they wanted to make sure that the sound was going to be all right. And I'm sitting there in recollection thinking, well, that's what they were doing. John was, Mm -hmm. you know, conversing with the guy who was maybe a sound engineer or something. So that memory I have, uh, I would love to talk to somebody else who was at that 2.30 dress rehearsal. It Mm -hmm. was
1: not taped
0: so there is no chronicle of it. Mm-hmm. But well, hopefully, hopefully you know, someone
1: will hear this show and and get in touch with you about it, and you please can please do. Yeah. It it would Did, make my day.
0: Now I remember
1: other. I'm sorry, go on. Now you well, one of the things is is you would mention it in the book that you know you've lost track of your friend Betty, and yeah. you say Betty out there, please contact me so we can, you know, get together and, and and remember this and, you know, what you remember and what I remember of it. Has Have you found her? I did find her, and we did
0: talk, and she remembered less than I did. What happened was is that she moved um, a little bit before the book actually got published, uh-huh. and so I didn't even have a forwarding address that I could send the book to her for, uh-huh. Um for her to read and she was very helpful and obviously you know we have fond memories but when it came to the beatles she remembered less than i remembered um she has the same reaction that you are probably familiar with because you've talked to so many people who have seen the beatles mm-hmm. she told me that um When she has an occasion to say to somebody, a stranger or something like that, or somebody that she's working with, that, you know, when she was a teenager, she saw the Beatles, that that person, regardless of their age, regardless of whether they're Beatles fans or anything like that, just, oh, oh, you did? oh, oh, you know, this sort of excited, you know, historical moment
1: that, yeah, that I started, you know, we I, had. I started a podcast to, to talk to these, well, you know, to <laughs> talk to you, you and all the rest of the ones who were there because it, it is, it's that exciting to hear the stories. Um, now, on a, on a more personal note, so people can understand, you know, as I said, I I loved your book. It, it's incredibly well written. It really is. I mean, um, you know, uh, it, it's not just another fan book. Uh, so you have a degree. What is your degree in? You have a college degree. I
0: have a I have a PhD in American literature. I, I taught for over thirty years in the Honor College at the University of Maryland, and so my academic training. Was in the teaching of literature and creative writing, Um, and and the skills that I learned, uh, you know, during my academic um, profession, absolutely helped me to write this book and to do research and to consider. You know, who am I in relation to this great historical moment, which changed my life, and I would mm-hmm. imagine that it's changed millions of other lives as well. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, to sort of combine my knowledge of the Beatles. I'm not an expert on the Beatles, but I certainly know enough, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I wanted to make all that knowledge and my experience of it personal, So we've we've got a memoir, we've got sort of a historical account of John Lennon, we've got a little bit of analysis of his songs. I take on some of the uh, male critics who have written about the Beatles, Uh, not that I dislike them, but that I sometimes... Have disagreements with them. I I would like to point out that the one reason I'm happy that Ohio Press, uh, Ohio University Press, picked up this book and published it was that so few books about the Beatles have been written by women. There's some good ones out there, Mm -hmm. no question. But Mm -hmm. compared to the other authors, and when that happens, uh, there's there's something a silencing that goes on. And when you think about the history of the Beatles, it really is a history of those teenage girls, first in England and then in America, that mm-hmm. saw something, reacted to it in a very strong way. The boys, they could envy the Beatles, and many of them did, but mainly they just stood by and and they, they weren't screaming, pulling their hair out. And, and I'm not saying that is the sign of a true Beatles fan, because it's not. I never did that, and I'm a rabid Beatles fan. But it was the Beatle mania, that that female reaction, that was the first story. And so I think it's safe to say, without that female reaction, we wouldn't have the Beatles. So, you know, women's voices about the Beatles, I feel very strongly need to be heard. And I'm happy that I can slot my book in, a bookshelf, along with, other wonderful books that uh, men, uh, you know, wonderful men have written about the Beatles.
1: Unfortunately, there was a malfunction and we lost Sibby. And there was so much more I wanted to talk to her about. But uh, go out, buy her book. Um, It's really fascinating. And she's one hell of a great writer. Uh, It's called My Private Lenin*. If you just look that up, you'll It'll come up in any search engine or on Amazon or your favorite book vendor. Again, join us next week for another exciting episode of I Saw the Beatles.